Ah. Welcome to the mind of Jones. Uh, what are you people doing here? Um, Master Jones. Pimp CPA Tria nigga. Hello. We have visitors. everybody welcome to the mind of jones um, we're another episode in um today we're going to be talking about um we're going to be doing a review of the uzman versus masvidal 2 fight uh, for the welterweight title um i thought we're going to talk about uh jake paul versus ben Askren um with their fight on triller and then we're also going to talk about the review of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I don't know if everybody's been watching that series, um, but that was a new series that they put out by Marvel. And so we're going to do a quick review of all three. And also, just to start off with opening words, of course, um, I do want to go ahead and send out a a condolences to the family of Shock G. Um, one of the Bay Area's legends, um, for sure, and a legend within the hip-hop community. Um, Shock G was best known for being um, a, a character that he created called Humpty, um, being the frontman of the digital underground and was one of the men actually introduced us to Tupac Shakur. Um, starting out in his career, at first he started out as a dancer and then moved on to being an actual hip hop act and actually did a verse on same song, uh, which, one of his, which was one of his most one of his most um, rare moments of outside of being the character that we got to know later on as Tupac. Um, but that was definitely something. Um, and I do want to go ahead and send condolences out to them. Um, Shock G was one of the biggest legends uh, for sure. Has worked as a producer for both uh, from Prince to working with George uh, Clinton, um, which is one of his idols. Um, also working with um, Tupac as well on doing some of production for his first album and then also becoming um, um, being a part of some of the production for the second album that he came out with as well. Um, so, of course, big ties out. Um, hopefully everybody in his family is doing well. Um, he was found. Um, there's no seam of form or cause of death yet. Um, but as well as um, we are losing a lot of hip hop legends. And I just want to go ahead and send that out um, to him and his family. Um, as well as what we're going to go over today, um, starting out with the reviews, um, is a fight that I got to watch last night. And, man, I've got to say, man, Kamar Usman is a beast. Um, this was something I wasn't 100% sure of, uh, for sure, after watching the last fight with him and Masvidal. Um, but this time, it definitely was a definitive. Um, it was very interesting with that first fight that they had. Um, it was my versus... Um, Masvidal won um, with Usman. Well, basically Masvidal only having maybe a week or two to be able to prepare for that fight um, was very interesting for him to be able to last the full um, the full rounds um, and being able to really withstand um, Usman. And like you said, in this fight as well, um, this was very interesting to see him having a full fight camp as well as Usman. I know Usman also had only a week to be able to prepare for George Masvidal. So, of course, we want to make sure that we put respect on that. But as well as when it comes to him having a full camp and Masvidal having a full camp, this was definitely a surprise with this fight. Um, so we saw um, Usman come out and Masvidal, both of them looking very focused. Um, within that first round, um, we were able to see that um, – Masvidal was definitely um, working those leg kicks. Um, Uzman very much trying to find his spot to be able to grab him. Um, finally got him in a 
Um, finally caught him when um, Masvidal decided to try to go for a knee lift. Um, ended up catching him, um, going down to the ground and doing his grappling. Um, it looked pretty well, um, looked pretty good. Um, I will say that Masvidal definitely seemed to have a plan for it. He got a little extra uh, spacing whenever he got on his back and was able to start dropping some of those some of those elbows in, and it was definitely a hit for him for sure. Um, but with Usman being able to get back up to his feet and became more of a striking game in that second round, and man, did Usman show with a clean, flush right hand across <laughs> across Masvidal's face. This may have been one of the cleanest knockouts I've seen in a long time, and I'm loving what I'm seeing from the UFC right now. Um, definitely with this, um, definitely with this Nigerian um, as well as Cameroonian. Um, so we got these African boys being at the top of their listings right now, being the champions of both of their divisions. Um, this is something that definitely between him, Francis Nganu, and also Kamar Usman, um, this is huge um, for sure. Um, I know they were just saying that he's going to be going back um, to Cameroon to go and celebrate um, with his friend. So this is going to be something that's going to be amazing for them. Um, with these two guys, I'm, I'm very much behind both of them, and I want to see what they're going to do next. I know uh, we've been playing around with the idea of Francis uh, going up against one of the heavyweight boxers, but for what I want to see, I still want to see him completely dominate um, the UFC right now. This is something that's definitely needed, and I'm enjoying it for sure. Um, this is something definitely for Masvidal being one of the – I think he's only had maybe two knockouts in his career. Um, and this being one of them and a more definitively hand striker um, type of um, KOs was definitely something that most people didn't really see coming. I know a lot of people thought that since um, he had a full time to be able to prepare for this fight, that he would be able to really um, shine at this moment. So this was something that um, I probably wouldn't have saw coming because I did kind of bet on Masvidal being the guy um, to win out this title. And so now you have Kamar Usman as your undisputed welterweight champion in UFC. Um, I'm definitely willing to see what's going to happen next with him, um, but I'm definitely happy to see how far he's gotten now. And this is something that um, I think is very good for the UFC in the long run uh, for him being as champion as well as Francis Ngannou. Um, what I'm going to move on to is going to be something that wasn't as well done as what we just watched last night, and that was the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren fight. I've got to say this was probably one of the worst things I've watched, um, but I do understand the reason for it. Um, to a point, I actually laughed my ass off primarily through this whole event by Triller. Um, Triller is a company that's owned by um, Snoop Dogg and a couple of other conservatives. Um, well, not conservatives, sorry. Um, conservators, um, a couple of people that are investors within the company. Um, but he is one of the primary head figures um, for this company. So this is very much shown as him being um, the outgoing guy that's trying to become, that's trying to walk into the fight game. And so what we saw um, on that night um, was quite a circus, um, quite a circus of different events. Um, you had even UFC champions, uh, former champions like Frank Mir boxing um, against not well-known boxers. Um, you also have, um, which I'm guessing is more of a payday thing. I don't know exactly um, how they were able to um, get Frank Mir on your card. I don't know. Maybe Frank Mir is having a little bit of issues, but nevertheless. Um, you also had a flat boxing contest that just made no sense of why. Refereed by Ric Flair, which was, man, that is something you just got to see. I, I 
I honestly got to say, um, some of these were very much like, I couldn't believe what I'm watching. Um, <laughs> just lost into what just happened, like undoubtedly slap boxing or slap contest are now part of fight cards, which I didn't see coming. Um, as well as, um, for the host of the event, um, I've got to say best person you could have pulled outside of maybe a Bill Burr, um, would be, um, Pete Davidson. Um, and so as you could tell, Pete Davidson, not, he's a fight lover. He's just not a, not a thriller fight lover, flight club lover. Um, cause this just did not work out well for him. This went way worse. Um, his commentary was really kind of some of the things that made me just continue watching. Um, and that's crazy to say, to say that the fights didn't do it. It was actually the commentary. Um, but this was something I couldn't believe myself. I'm just watching back and seeing Pete Davidson basically roast the entire card. Um, Jake Paul included as well as Ben Askren, um, which actually became kind of friends with Ben Askren in the end. Um, but, this fight card was insane. Also, the concert that came with it. And so I'm very interested on exactly how much money did Thriller throw at some of these artists. Because some of these artists are pretty well known. And then some of them are very much um, past their times, I guess I could say. Um, so what we had um, for this event was um, you had Sweetie come out and do a couple of sets. Um, you also had Doja Cat as one of their artists um, that came out and did a set as well. Um, you also had Snoop Dogg, Too Short, Ice Cube, and E-40 um, create their super group that they're calling um, Mount Westmore. Um, so that's going to be something interesting, and that's where the tie-in that comes in with Snoop. Um, since he is one of the owners of Triller, of course, he would make sure that he does his debut um, for his new super group on his company's platform so a put 100 percent respect to that hey if that's what you're going to do perfect i'm not 100 percent sure the naming and all of that i i like it but at the same time i don't know how well this is going to cross over and how well this is going to do in sales but hey good job on putting yourself out there on your own platform so that works perfectly um, as well as within this, you also had Justin Bieber doing the set. So you had a couple of solo little concerts, and I know artists need this right now with the amount of um, things starting to come back open. They're going to be looking for these type of events to be able to go out and perform and be able to do their craft. So great on them. Um, some people had a couple issues with a lot of the lip syncing that was happening. Um, but of course that comes with some events when it comes to live events. Sometimes there are a little bit of length of lip syncing, um, trying to make sure that you sound great within a crowd, but there was no crowd. Um, so this is very interesting as well. Um, and I know a couple people have a couple issues with that. And of course, leave your comments in, um, cause I want to, I want to read them all. Um, so go ahead and list some comments down, but well, without all of that, um, let's go back into the actual fight. Um, who we had commentating um, was actually Pete Davidson, Snoop Dogg, um, Al Bernstein, which is known for his commentating on Showtime Sports, um, as well as ESPN Sports. Um, so he is one of our league commentators that would usually be a part of Showtime uh, whenever they do their fight leagues or whenever they do their fight contest. Um, so he's very well known. So that was very interesting, as well as um, we had Mario Lopez, as well as one of the other commentators. Um, so this is very interesting um, with our commentary group, the way that they kind of set it up. It was more of a hangout than more than commentating. 
um, because they were drinking, smoking. Like, it seemed like more of a chill back idea of what they were trying to do with the commentary team, almost as if they're sitting in the room with you um, watching the fight. They're giving you real-life commentary, not exactly boxing commentary. Um, So that was something different. Um, I don't know if I 100% liked the way that that went um, outside of, um, some of the funny hilarity that came out of it, such as when we had a fight um, that was commentated by Oscar De La Hoya, who decided that he was going to scream at everybody within the ring. Um, he also kept doing analogies that made no sense at all, um, as well as <laughs> and just completely threw you off um, from the fight. And I don't know how he does that within his training team, but of course, we'll see how he does, because he also mentioned that he wanted to go back into the fight game after watching Mike Tyson do his fight. Um, a couple of months back with um Evan what was it Evander Holyfield if I'm correct um with their fight he said well no no sorry Roy Jones he had the fight with Roy Jones and he thought that since what he saw from Mike Tyson um he wanted to go back into the fight game so we could look at him possibly being another one of their headliners for one of their thriller events for their fight club um, so that's probably going to happen. I'm pretty sure he probably has a little bit of investment into the company as well for him to be deciding that he wants to be on the main stage for a fight that didn't even account for a former heavyweight champion to be a part of our former champion um, in boxing to be a part of. So that was very much um, interesting to see um, as well as with that, we had the two main people that were the main headliners for this card. And that was Jake Paul and Ben Askren. I've got to say one thing. I've come around to the idea that Jake Paul may be a genius. He might have just pulled off the craziest thing of making himself a boxer, but not a well-known boxer, or not a professional boxer, but a boxer. He hasn't had an actual professional fight yet. Technically, he has picked and choose his fights and they've worked out very well for him um, for hype train wise. It's it's a perfect idea. Avoid actual boxers. Pull in people that are pseudo celebrities um, that you can knock out easily. He's had three fights. He's won all three. So we have to give him a little bit of props on that. He brought out Nate Robinson pseudo-celebrity, NBA star, um, athlete, and knocked him out clean. Nate didn't look like he even wanted to be in that fight. This goes again for Ben Askren. Ben Askren has, you can tell in his eyes he didn't really care for being there. I don't know how much he got paid to be there. I don't know how much he got paid to even hype this fight, to be honest. Um, he's definitely a great troll person, for sure. He He kills at that. Um, but this is a knockout from basically a novice. He's not an actual boxer, but he is a novice and he does train, but he hasn't had a professional fight and you decided to take a fight from him off of trolling. Um, and you find yourself on the canvas and it's, it's a shocker for everybody. So the way this fight went, it literally didn't last, but maybe what? two three minutes and ended up Ben Askren comes into um the boxing match he looks overweight they already announced for that he was overweight he didn't look like he even 
was ready. Didn't even look like he had trained at all. Um, it just looked like he just didn't want to be there. Um, all they can keep mentioning was about his fight school, which I love. Um, he's trying to treat, he's trying to teach the next generation. Great. And that's what he was wondering. He was worried about. It was like his kids seeing him, um, being his boxing match. It looks like a circus instead of being and working as a serious, um, jujitsu and, um, UFC, uh, fighter and coach. Um, and so with this, this was one of the, probably one of the worst things I've probably watched. Um, but you also had a referee that definitely didn't want to be there. He was, had to have been in his, his late eighties. I don't know if he had a lot of professional fights underneath him. I think he did. Um, but this definitely seemed like he didn't really want to be there. The only person, the only person that really looked like he wanted to be there was Jay Paul. And he knew that because he had a, another payday on his hands and he had hyped this fight up just enough. Most people actually didn't know of this fight, which I came to find out after I started asking a lot of people. They were just like, no, I didn't know that happened. And I didn't even know that was the thing that was going on. I thought it was like that one time with Nate Robinson and that was it. And this fight was probably one of the worst things I've watched. Um, but we saw a knockout in the first round. Ben Askren tries to get back up to his feet. It was a clean right, clean right hook. He tries to get back to his feet. Looks a little wobbly. Probably could still go maybe another round if possible. But, of course, the the ref went ahead and said, no, no contest. Let's go ahead and drop. Go ahead and put your hands down. You can't even keep your hands up. You can't even move correctly. Um, we're just going to stop this fight here. Call it a KO. Keep it moving. So we see this. And, of course, People have their bets, and we instantly hear Snoop Dogg say, all right, where's my million? <laughs> From Dana White, because undoubtedly he had to deal with Dana White in regards to this fight. And so we start seeing everything from everybody saying that he's a legitimate boxer now. Now he's one of the people to look at, and everybody else is saying the most logical thing. Well, why don't you fight an actual professional professional boxer if this is what we're going to do? If you want to consider yourself an actual professional fighter, let's go ahead, get you on the books, and start having you fight actual professional boxers. This would not vote well for Jake Paul. From my own assumptions, this won't go well for Jake Paul. I think right now what he should continue to do is keep doing these pick and choose. Choose your people that you want to box, of course, they're not going to be at the same standard as yourself. They're not going to take you 100% serious, and you keep racking up knockouts. Um, I don't think it will be well for him to get into the ring with a Canelo, with a Ryan Garcia, or even with a Conor McGregor. I don't think this would be a good idea on either three of those choices. So for himself, I think he should stick to what he's doing now. Keep creating your beefs. Crete making your storylines come out do another fight find some celebrity that you want to troll this time and see what happens um, right now he is on a huge hype train i don't know if it's starting if it's going to get to a point of derailment after what we just saw in this fight because we have some people saying it was a quick stoppage some people saying that it was rigged um I don't know what to really feel on that. I feel like Ben Askren went into that fight not caring, and he got the he met his own expectations. Basically, 
this is what he had to have seen coming next. Um, either he was going to weather it or he was going to get knocked out. I mean, it was one of the two because um, he looked like he did not really want to be there. So all in all, Jake Paul, congrats. Um, you got another one underneath your belt. If you want to go professional, then you need to fight actual professional boxers. But if you want to continue to be the prankster and the jokester and just be a novice or an amateur boxer and fighting celebrities, do your thing. Um, both of them seem to be very profitable profitable for you. So, hey, continue as you are. Um, for the whole Logan Paul thing, we'll see how that works out. I don't think that fight ever really is going to happen with him and Floyd. And honestly, I don't want it to really happen between him and Floyd. So, because it just wouldn't work well um, branding-wise for Floyd. And honestly, it'll just be a large payday for Jake for um, Logan Paul. So it is what it is. I don't really see the reason for it. But, hey, maybe y'all can convince me on that. Um, one of the last things we're going to talk about is going to be that Falcon and Winter Soldier season finale. So I don't know if anybody's been watching this. I've been watching this a lot. Um, and... I got to say, I enjoyed the hell out of this series um, from the standpoint of being able to see uh, Falcon um, kind of relinquish the shield. Um, We saw John Walker um, be the main new um, Captain America for a time, um, which I don't know if anybody really knows of John Walker in the comics. He actually turns um, out to be um, U.S. agent later on, um, more of a brutal, more of a brutal anti-hero version of Captain America. Um, So, that was very interesting to watch that development um, from him getting the super soldier serum to that twisting of the mind um, from the time of being in war and then turning around and being a little bit more violent than um, what we would expect and killing off one of the Philax smashers. Um, this was definitely one of the things I didn't expect, um, but I enjoyed um, this series the most. Of course, also diving into how it would feel um, for a black man to be able to hold the stars and stripes and be basically the figurehead of the United States um, and also being one of the hope points um, for um, the country as a whole. Um, that was very interesting and in seeing how they were able to do that and how they were able to pull all that in, all of that in um, from going into um, the past of Isaiah Bradley, who was actually one of the first black Captain Americas, um, but was hidden behind and um, kind of not shown as a representation because of one, he was a black man. Also, he was a part of experiments that were illegal. Um, and so that what gave him the actual super soldier serum in that because he was part of basically a test subject. And so they even tied in the whole Tuskegee um, um, experiments that were happening as well um, with um, black people back in history. Um, we were used as a way to be able to um, we use as a way to try to find a cure for what was I think it was syphilis. Um, and so they were doing test subjects and they were basically giving people placebos to make them feel as if they were getting better, even though they were being under, um, watch of those doctors there, um, and those experimenters to be able to see exactly, um, how it would affect the human genome. And so to be able to use that within the comics, um, some people won't feel a hundred percent good about that. Um, some people will feel like you shouldn't be, um, almost putting it in a um, softer tone when it actually this was something that was very brutal and should have never been done to human beings. Um, so that's going to be something that's always going to be there, a part of that history. But I was exci- I was excited to be able to see that they did bring in Isaiah Bradley um, as a part of the Captain America lore. 
um, within the actual MCU. So that was very much I loved as well as when he came to Winter Soldier and him coming to his um, fullness after going ahead and trying to rewrite some of his sins that he did um, at the time as Winter Soldier, um, as well as bringing in some of his influence um, in his time working within Wakanda. Um, So we got to see some of those characters come back as well within this series. And also um, one of the last, one of the last things was definitely being able to see um, the final look um, for a Falcon Captain America. Um, So they kept very close with the comics um, for sure when it came to the actual outfit. So I was very amazed at how they didn't try to kind of deviate a lot from it. Um, They still stuck very close to what was in reference um, and it looked really good. I've got to say um, from the wings to the white visor um, with the goggles to be able to make sure that he could see at all times. And I'm very interested to see how he's going to do um, in regards to um, his sidekick, Reyes, who actually becomes the Falcon later on. So I'm definitely going to be interested to see how that works out. Um, and they already went ahead and greenlit a Captain America 4. Um, so... And they're already taking the showrunner from this show that they did with um, Falcon and Wonder Soldier and deciding to have him as well on the creative side for um, Captain America 4. So I'm definitely interested to see what they're going to do with that as well. So that's going to be something that I'm going to be constantly keeping an eye out on. And I'll be doing a review, of course. Um, This is going to be something probably in about two years we'll be able to see what this film is going to look like. But I'm definitely excited to see um, the new suit that was given to him by Wakanda and see it in full um, movie effects um to be able to really get a good view on everything that his suit can do um as well as being able to see this and his last diatribe that he put out there um during the final the finale episode with the senators um to see how that comes in flu uh flourishing um later on in these movies also one of the last things i just was kind of amazed by was what they did with sharon carter um I don't know if anybody's watched the series all the way through. Um, Of course, if you haven't, go ahead and skip by. Um, But I'm going to do a quick spoiler. Give it a second. So making Sharon Carter the power broker. Um, It was kind of on the nose a little bit, I've got to say. Um, I kind of saw it kind of coming. But I was definitely very interested on how they didn't 100% um, say she was the power broker. Um, what we saw was Bastrop say, hold up, so you must be the power broker. Um, you also have Carly saying that um, that you worked with us and why and that's the reason why you needed us and you made us. Um, so it's interesting to see if she's going to be the actual power broker because we also see um, what she was working for throughout the series was to get that pardon. And so now she has the party and she's back within the government and you see her get all of her clearances back. Um, she walks outside of the Capitol building and instantly gets on the phone with another associate. So I don't know if they're playing it as if um, there's two power brokers, um, both of them working together. Um, and this is what she's going to be doing is basically giving out um, different information um, from the government, from weapons. And the other person is going to be manufacturing them and selling them and being basically the second side to her character, which will be more the villain side. Um, and that's going to be interesting to see what they do. And I don't know if she's going to be, I'm thinking she's going to be one of the main villains for the armor war series, um, that are coming out with Don Cheeto as a war machine. 
um, and how they're going to be doing that with some of Tony Stark's um, equipment um, now getting into the wrong hands. Maybe she's a part of that as one of the main villains or as one of the um, hidden villains within the series. Um, so that's going to be something there as well as whoever she's working with or whoever is that associate that she called. Uh, or she could be somebody that ties into the Captain America um, for um, movie as well. So we're going to see exactly where that's going to go and how that's going to happen. But um, for sure, this is going to be very interesting to see um, what is going to be next um, in this series. I think the next series that's going to be coming up for Marvel is going to be the Loki series um, where he's going to be working with the Time Variant um, group. So this is going to be very interesting. Um, some people are saying that um, the main villain is going to be either a variation of the Lady Loki from the comics. Um, she's going to be running her own group and she's going to be changing out um, some events within time. Uh, so that's going to be there. I don't know exactly. Um, as we've seen from the trailers, they've had him um, dress up almost as D.B. Cooper, like maybe he was one of the people or uh, he was D.B. Cooper back in the day. Um, there's also a reference back to when Loki was president. Um, so there's there within one of the one of the worlds that they're going to be working on one of the time streams. Um, so that's going to be there. So I'm definitely interested to see exactly what they're going to do next um, and what they're going to be diving into next, um, of course. And we also have WandaVision as well. Um, so these series are kind of becoming, um, they're really good. Um, I'm definitely interested to see more. Um, we also have Shang-Chi that's coming out as the next movie um, that they're producing, as well as finally letting us have that Black Widow movie. Um, so we're going to be looking at that as well. So I'll be putting up reviews for both of those movies once they're out. Um, but as well, everybody else, um, I'm going to end it right here. Um, of course, um, go ahead and like and subscribe. Um, my next episode, hopefully I'm going to have um, a couple more guests coming in. I did want to do this one kind of a quick one um, just to go over a couple of things, um, a couple of different um, events that maybe I'm not putting up on YouTube yet. But um, I do want to go ahead and kind of talk about since they were very new. Um, but as well as um, go ahead, like and subscribe. I'm going to be putting up a lot more information as well. Um, that YouTube page is going to start being created. So we're going to start working on getting some of those live videos. So I'm going to be sending out that as well um, within the description. Um, but outside of that, hey, if y'all have any ideas and you have anything that you maybe want me to talk about or you have anything that you feel like um, we should talk about whenever I have another guest on, um, go ahead and send that information on over um you can hit me up at that man jones on ig or you can also get a hold of me um as well um through either spotify if you want to leave a note if you want to go through um as well on it's called oh as well as through anchor um, if you want to um, leave a comment or anchor, there's a way to be able to do so at any point while I'm talking. Um, so go ahead and use anchor as well. Um, so that's going to be www.anchor.com um, that you can find this um, podcast on as well, um, as well as any other um, podcast platforms that you're using. Um, but go ahead, like, subscribe. I'll be putting up episodes every Monday as well. So, hey, go ahead and become a part of the uh, team real quick. Um, outside of that, I'll see you guys later. Peace.